consumerism, individualism, narcissism, hedonism. Let's face it, the people caught up in these things are enjoying themselves. <laughs> Perhaps we have a dedicated hedonist or narcissist with us here this morning. Take away the negative labels, and one can sense the allure, for sure, even if corrosive over time and certain to bring a hangover. But fatalism doesn't have this same aura. It seems more obscure, darker. I can't recall many happy fatalists. Once in Scotland, I shared a hospital room with a bona fide wee free Presbyterian who not only believed in election, but knew himself to be elect. I grant he did seem to enjoy his status, fated to be saved, but I've never met anyone like him before or since. So I'm going to work this morning with an interpretation of fatalism or a spiritual disease that may well animate it. I have in my mind's eye that man who for 38 years sat by the pool at Bethsaida. He told Jesus he couldn't wash there because people got in front of him or pushed him aside. 38 years is a long time. That must feel like fate, fatalism. Is this the disease the monks called the noonday devil, a voice of despair? Who cares? What's the point? I'm stuck. Here we go again. It's no use. Time ain't on my side. No, it ain't. When I saw that Isaiah had been chosen for our reading, I assumed it was a passage often held to describe fatalism. I am the Lord. There is no other. I form light. I create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. You there, sit by a pool for 38 years. You over there, collect 38 million in the lottery. I form light. I create woe. I am the Lord. Now, these verses from the 45th chapter of Isaiah have been so read, but that would make them stand in pretty sharp contrast to otherwise triumphant chapters. For Israel is indeed in despair. She is stuck in time. The idol-isms that mark sinfulness and avoidance of judgment have crashed to earth. Full judgment has been brought down upon her. Kings murdered, people deported, land forfeited, temple gone, sacred memories shattered. She has received double for all her sins. 
shows the strength of fatalism's grip. So our divinely inspired prophet counterpunches because God counterpunches strongly inside of him. The silence of despair and fatalism is shattered exactly at the place where it is allowed full voice. If you were asked to name a song that most gives voice to despair and faded darkness, and the competition would be strong, I believe the average parishioner would say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And art so far from my groaning. Far, but as we hear in the psalmist, painfully near an absence, or in our felt loss, a dark presence. Now, there is no book in, in antiquity or on our shelves today that is more honest about spiritual darkness. A darkness and despair of the very people God has elected to share his life with. You and I want to bank the fires of despair or call them unlucky. Things that will pass as mysteriously from us as they came. And when they are gone, we keep them out of our photo albums. But the psalmist asks that his tears be stored in a bottle. His request is granted in the words of these songs that we recite day and night. And on this law, Psalm 1 tells us, the righteous meditate day and night. So what can break the spell of fatalism? It is surely our participation in the cries and groans of those who have been faithful before us. John Calvin claimed that it is the godly for whom these expressions of doubt and grief are most real and most true, but also most healing. How can that be? Surely it is his knowledge and ours that the very Son of God walked into the place of utter fated death and darkness and joined his voice of forsakenness with every known human instance of death. He became sin who knew no sin. Because it is God's very own self that wills to conquer all fatalism, everything that comes between us and him. Behold, I do a new thing, created now and not before. Something never created before, a death with the authority to destroy death. A faith, his faith, defeating fatalism. With the power to take up our cries of injustice, or proper judgment, sinfulness or innocence, entropy or rebellion, attack from within and from without, allow them then, but then say back with full force, behold, I do a new thing, created now. Behold, I make all things new. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Roll the stone away. The halls of time are littered with refuse from the work of that noonday devil. Israel's heart and spirit were often broken by deserved judgment and the faith that engulfed and 
not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness, a river in the desert. The wild beasts, those hedonists, will honor me. The jackals, the consumerists, the ostrich, the individualists. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen, unfamous people, the people for whom I form for myself, that they might declare 